I think frustration can slow down your learning. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, as it kind of like, you know, you think about kind of tipping off what the episode's about, but I think like the process of like, you know, understanding that frustration in the, in the growth or the learning of something, if you, if you dwell on it, if you dive too far into it, uh, it will slow your learning down. It yeah. will prohibit you from actually being motivated <laughs> and being inspired by the thing that you're doing. And so all I tried to do when we were playing is try to keep you lighthearted. Yeah, don't talk to me in that <laughs> voice. <laughs> but, I think uh, that if you find yourself frustrated with anything new, then right. you have misplaced expectations. Mm. And that is a you problem. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners is so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Eddie. What's up? How you doing? You look really summery today. Mm, you look really tan too. Do I? Yeah, you know why? Why? Because we've been on the golf course. Yes, we have been, um, you know, golfing it up. Is yeah. that the way to say it? I don't know. Who's your favorite golf personality now that you're... Oh, I don't have one of those. You don't have a golf I'm trying to be my own favorite golf personality. Okay, whatever. Who's your favorite golf personality? I have two personalities in, in the golf world right okay. now. One is my man Manolo. Manolo. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... Huge uh, TikTok following. Yeah, he's what great. What does he say? Let he's me hear sick. your accent. He goes, uh, waggle that shit, smack that shit. Don't be nasty. My <laughs> uh, <laughs> favorite thing. Uh, and then uh, DJ Khaled. Right uh -huh. down the middle. Right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, and so uh, if you haven't been playing golf, people... Golf is taking off right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's just my feed. It's your feed. I, but I feel like it's like a growing, like it's growing mm. some momentum again. Actually, pickleball is growing faster. I, no, I, I get that. But I'm just saying, I remember a time when, um, when Tiger was like at his peak. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody was trying to get into golf. Like when I was younger, because it was like this cool thing now, like this person that was playing it is a person of color. Mm -hmm. You know, they you know, wear Nike gear. You know, and they smacked the shit, you know, mm. 300, 400 yards. And so I thought that was an interesting period. But I you think said now everybody was getting into golf. I Who's like a this lot invisible of army? I just felt like it was a lot of people talking about golf, mm -hmm. watching golf. I felt mm -hmm. like it was a big deal at that time. Um, and I feel like it's now it's a big deal. I uh, think Top it's is, your feed. OK. Um, but I every do... time we go to Top Golf, it's packed. Right. Top golf is fun. That's like right. going to miniature golf. Like uh -huh. we used to have mulligans when I was younger. You went to mulligans miniature oh, golf. Oh, for miniature golf? Yeah. That's whack. Yeah, but it used to be fun. <laughs> That's joking. like saying laser tag is whack. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who laser tags anymore, but somebody still likes laser tag. Right, I don't know. Right. I mean, 12 year olds get it. Love laser tag. Yeah. So you've outgrown that. Thank God you don't act like you're 12 anymore, but you're saying it's whack because you've outgrown that. Yeah. Anyways, back to golf. Most things that I've outgrown, I think, are whack now. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. Um, 
So we went to Top Golf. First right. time was in April. Okay. Um, and then we went to Top Golf the week after because we thought it was really cool, and our friends got engaged. And then we went to Top Golf for Mother's Day, mm-hmm. or it was the Easter. Like uh, somehow between April and May, we went to Top Golf like maybe five times. Right. And then I was like, I think I want to take lessons because I don't want to keep going to Top Golf and learning how to feel comfortable in my swing the wrong way. Right. And so I started taking golf lessons and I had three golf lessons before you forced me to go with you on Father's Day and be on a real course. And that was a lot. And it was super intimidating. and I didn't know what I was doing. So I've taken now six lessons and I feel like I'm getting a little better. Yeah. So I would say the sweet spot, if you've never played golf, uh, I have two bits of advice for you. One, um, you need to take lessons so you don't learn the wrong way and develop all these poor habits. And then you're like, oh, it feels funny when I do it that way. Yeah, it feels funny because someone's trying to tell you to do it the right way. Right. And so you don't want to develop all these poor habits. And um, let's see. The other thing is you're going to have to be okay sucking in the beginning. But I think once you kind of get some of the concepts and you start to practice, then you build a little bit of confidence when you hit one out of every 15 balls yeah. really well. I forgot who said it, but someone said embrace the suck. Like, yeah. and don't be nasty. Like, Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. But like, embrace the fact that uh, sucking is part of the process. Yep. And if you th- is there anything that you've learned while pro- like practicing and trying to get better at golf that's like a philosophy for life now? Oh, like, yeah. I posted about it the other day. Okay, what so, is it? Number one, I think as we get older, we should constantly be learning new things. Okay. Uh, Number two, you should be okay and find humor in the fact that in the beginning of anything, you are supposed to suck. Mm. You're not supposed to be good. People are like, I don't think I'd do very well at that. And I always say, yeah, you won't because you don't know how to do it. And it requires skill. So could you have fun? Um, Another thing is it's super frustrating to be a beginner. (laughs) Uh, that's the other side of it, right? Right, right? So it's frustrating to be a beginner. But when I uh, had first mentioned to my golf instructor, like Eddie made me go on this course and I, you know, didn't like it and this and that, I was terrible. She goes, well, what is one thing you really enjoyed about the golf course? Was there a beautiful bird? Was I was like, Naomi, stop that shit. You don't need to do that psychology. <laughs> I didn't even try to do me. that with yeah. you out there. I was like, look how beautiful Look it at is. the deer, honey. I'm look. like, okay, shut the fuck up. But... <laughs> Uh, I just want to hit the ball straight. But now, again, like six weeks into golf lessons, I'm like, oh, I have to do this and actually have fun. Yeah. Because if I don't have fun and I don't find humor in it, then what's the point in actually doing it? Yeah. And And I think I think frustration can slow down your learning. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, as it kind of like, you know, you think about kind of tipping off what the episode's about. But I think like the process of like you know, understanding that frustration in the, in the growth or the learning of something, if you, if you dwell on it, if you dive too far into it, uh, it will slow your learning down. It yeah. will prohibit you from actually being motivated <laughs> and being inspired by the thing that you're doing. And so all I tried to do when we were playing is try to keep you lighthearted. Yeah, don't talk to me in that voice. <laughs> but, I think uh, that if you find yourself frustrated with anything new, then right. you have misplaced expectations. Mm. 
and that is a you problem. Mm, yeah, I think that's. I that's mean, a big that's life a big lesson, yeah. right? Like I see it in people who are trying to, uh, you know, hey, I started a TikTok. I, I've got this really great idea. You know, I want to blow up on TikTok. Okay, you got misplaced expectations because you need to be doing it because you have some value to add, not because you want to blow up and you want to be famous, right? right? right. You want to start a business. Oh, I, I make this really cool product, but no one's wanting to buy it. You know, I'm questioning my whole life now. Okay, stop it. You have misplaced expectations because when you start a business, you got to do a bunch of shit and suck at it first and learn the hard way that business is a lot harder than just making something cool, right? Right. And so I think we can learn from the game of golf and anything else that you use the word frustrated. You know, I hate that word. It's just that means you have misplaced expectations. Yeah. I think, you know, to answer my own question on that, the thing I've learned about golf that I now like think about in life now is that the awkwardness is normal, mm-hmm. right? And so golf is one of those things where everything that you're asked to do to improve is extremely awkward, mm-hmm. and it almost feels counterintuitive, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to make something go forward, but people are saying, well, the way you go backwards before yeah. you go forward matters just as much. And then the follow through <laughs> of after you hit the ball matters as well. Yeah. And so you're trying to do all these little fine detail, these tweaks, just like in life, to get things to go in the right direction. And a lot of times when we in, you know, encounter the, the awkwardness, we immediately want to turn away from it or get away from it yeah. or say, oh, I, I would rather do it the more comfortable way, even though that is the way that it's ineffective. And so when you think about like how people sometimes approach you know, anything, social interactions, work, like we, we often see people like they know that the way that they approach things are not very effective, but it's the way that they feel most comfortable. So they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so they're committed to and they overvalue the comfort versus versus valuing the effectiveness and the ability to move forward. Yeah. So that's kind of my thing around, around golf. So. OK, so going back to my life lesson okay, go about ahead. golf. So one, it's OK to be a, a beginner <laughs> and to suck uh, Two, I wrote that it feels awkward because it's new and it's unfamiliar, but it applies to so many things in life. When you we have friends that are starting fitness journeys, your mom wants to get a gym membership. And last night she said, oh, I used to go to 24 hour fitness. I don't know if I like it there. I said, girl, when like 30 years ago, she goes, yeah, about 30 years ago. Well, that is ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard, mom. Like, you don't like something from 30 years ago. I said, I'm sure a lot has changed in 30 years. Like, why are you still holding on to that? Right, right, right. right. You might really love 24 Talk hour about fitness. an idea that stuck. Right. right? <laughs> um, so anything new is going to feel awkward when you have a baby. My sister's getting ready to have a baby at the end of the month. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to suck at being a mom. You know why? You've never done that. That's right. OK. Like, just figure it out as you go and find joy in it. Um, and that leads me to number three. You can challenge yourself to find joy in the process, not just in the result. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, that kind of goes back to like business or anything you're trying to grow, anything that you're like new at. You have to challenge yourself to find the joy. And you know, it's funny you say that. And I think people can really listen to that. And go, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Well, I think we can easily like not understand that. And the reason why I say that is because I think oftentimes when things are supposed to bring you joy, we think that it should be automatic and it doesn't require work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in what you just said is that you have to work 
What was the word you used again? You can still challenge yourself to find joy in the process, right. not just at the arrival of the result. So that key word, challenge yourself mm -hmm. to find joy in yeah. the process, like that's work. That's like looking at, okay, you know what? That last hole was shit. Yeah. I'm going to look for a deer, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to look something for something really beautiful in this process. And I think that that takes work. It takes effort. Okay, here's my fourth point. You ready? Yeah. Just because you're not naturally gifted at something in the beginning doesn't mean that you won't be good at it after lots of practice. Mm. And I think in this day of age, people are looking for things to just like come natural to them. Right. Oh, this feels so good. Like we're talking about mental health and everything should be feeling good and it should be in alignment with yeah. you. But if you really want to achieve anything great, um, you're going to have to put in some damn work for it. Yeah. And so I think that... We're talking about a game, but I think it applies to so many things in life. If you want a good, healthy, thriving marriage, you got to put work into that. We were talking to someone last night about that. Like, you know, you don't think we've gone through challenges every year. Someone, something, some circumstance will throw a healthy challenge at your marriage and you will have to redefine how you show up for each other. Mm. Has that not been the truth for 19 years for us? Oh, I mean, just yeah, like very much the truth. every single season, there's like a new challenge. Sometimes it's about finances. Sometimes it's about kids. Sometimes it's about work. Sometimes it's about us. Right. right. Um, and so I just think that your relationship with healthy challenges is really going to determine your happiness in anything, not just a game. I, I want to touch on something because I think it's, it's super important. And I think it um, will give us kind of an entry point to the, our, our discussion. But I do think that there is, and I'm, this may be triggering for people, but we often overvalue our feelings. Yeah. Right? We overvalue our feelings and then we <clears throat> devalue our intellect. And I mean by that is that our feelings take precedence, right? It's like, oh, how I feel about this is how I'm going to behave. How I feel about this is how I'm going to act <sighs> or how, what direction I may go in. When we know we have another part of us that says, be smart about this, like really think about this. I know this hurts your feelings, but this person's right. Mm -hmm. I know that this is this is hard, yeah. but you know you have to keep moving forward. You know you need to like, take this decision or read this book or listen to this or do whatever it is that your intellect is telling you that's the most rational and reasonable thing to do. But we are in this place where value, like feelings take so much of our space and so much of our time and so much of our energy and so much of our conversations yeah. that it's like, hey, your feelings are, are based on the past. Mm -hmm. They're based off history. They're based off like what you've experienced and where you're going may not necessarily be as relevant. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and I think we have to stop and say, let me put some value in my intellect. Let me put some value in what I do know. Let me put some more value into this present moment and the thing I can control and so much and, and put less of it into like, Hey, this is how I've always felt about something. Yeah. Right. It's almost to the point with my mom, right? She's felt about 24 hour fitness this mm -hmm. way. That was a feeling mm -hmm. and she just <clears throat> decided to keep it, you know, and it's not even relevant anymore. I think um, I think that could be today's podcast is just literally about your feelings. Like, are your feelings real or are they lying to you? Because a lot of times you do things and it feels scary. Right. It feels risky. It feels like you're going to die. Like, oh, I want to talk to this person or I want to get on. Uh, let's say a match.com, but what if I meet the wrong people and your feelings keep you stuck and then you wind up taking no action. 
And so that's kind of like this temporary discomfort, which we are talking about in today's episode of missing out on these future blessings because you you cannot handle the temporary discomfort. Right. But I think this is a public service announcement to tell people like you are stronger and smarter than you think. And all of the things that don't make you feel good are actually the things that will make you feel a lot better and create freedom and happiness for you in the long term. And we'll jump into that in a second. But before we do, because we kind of just dove into the golf conversation. (laughs) um, Do you have any what in the worlds? Because I have a couple. One of my what in the worlds is I'm super tan right now, starting a tan. Yeah, yeah. Because I golfed six out of seven days this week. You were on fire. I don't know. Who else wants to go golfing with me? Like DM me because... I'm trying to create all this like freedom in my schedule right now. And uh, like my dad wanted to go golfing. I even got Jordan on the golf course, my girlfriends. And so, um, yeah, I'm trying to enjoy the summer. And the last seven weeks I have left with Jordan. She's gone to the golf course with us two weeks or two days this week. So, yeah. I just say this is we played and you parred with five or six holes. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I parred a hole the first year I played golf. Yeah, well, look at me, honey. Am I making you proud? (laughs) Very proud. So I thought that was exceptional. Um, Okay, so I have this funny what in the world. Um, It's just super quick, but I wrote something down the other day. I don't know if it was a grocery list or a note to Jordan. I was on a call, I think, and I slid it over to her. And it was telling her to do something, and she's holding it up saying, I can't read this. (laughs) And she says, when I get off the phone, she said, Mom... I think that you need to start printing printing. This is what she said. I had to write it down. Printing is the common language of the people, (laughs) not cursive. (laughs) And I was like, you little bitch. So my question is, is is if you are my age, let's say you're 45 or older. You write in cursive. Not me. What the hell are these kids doing the, the that they people. don't literally? She said, this is the language of the common people. This is the common language of the people is printing, mom. Right. And I was like, get out of my office. Yeah. Like, you need to figure life out. And so I started altering my handwriting. Like, it's a little bit of cursive that I can't get rid of, but it's printing. And my handwriting's terrible now because... These kids can't read well, my freaking cursive. Well, can I just what say, is happening? Your cursive is is very swooping and very like yeah, fluid. That's what it is, which makes it even more illegible okay. for common folk like us. I cannot with you guys. So honestly, I, I, just like a couple minutes ago, I need to ago, know in the comments. You were, we're taking was, a poll. She was jotting can down. Can you read a, cursive? Yes or no? No. She was jotting down a note, and I was looking at the note, and I was like, I have no clue what that says. That is I, ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I'm the same generation as you, and I'm like, eh, I don't read it enough. You're not, actually. To, to, you went to school two years after okay, I did, well, so they probably they... taught your ass how to print. No, I learned cursive. Get on and my then, level. And I had the foresight to realize that that's just not going to last. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just too complicated. Like You can't have two versions of, of a letter. Like yeah. Think about that. My poor Nana like writes in cursive, right? Like freaking Alexander Hamilton. Her, re- her handwriting is impeccable. Every time she sends a letter or a card to the girls, they're like, mom, read this. I'm right. like, I cannot with you guys. Right. Hers is way more swoopy than mine. Right. But she's also from like another century. Like she was born. <laughs> she's almost like, uh, like 95. Yeah. yeah. So like literally she comes from. A pl- okay. But what's so interesting is I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not I'm not cultured in this way. But I do think that English is the only language that has two sets of types of ways that you can write the letters. Yeah. I don't right? know. Like. 
And maybe is calligraphy <laughs> another one? So you got cursive, calligraphy, and, and regular standard. Calligraphy print. is a pin and it's cursive. It's oh, literally that's right. it's yeah. Pin. yeah. Okay. It's a pin. But I think calligraphy is kind of like different. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Okay, my next thing is um shout out to you if you listen to the push podcast. We've got some new listeners. I had Jordan this Friday. It will be her 18 year birthday. Right. I can't even wrap my head around that. So our youngest daughter is 18 years old. When I was pregnant with her, I went to a new OB and it was um, a doctor's office in Pasadena. And one of the girls that always booked my appointments while I was pregnant, her name was Griselda. And she was so friendly, so sweet. Okay, so fast forward every year when I go for a pap smear for the last like like 15 years, I've seen her and it's just like so cool to see her. Well, I haven't seen her in the last like couple of years. And now I'm at the age where I'm taking my daughter to go have a gynecology check, right? My daughter's. And so I walk in and I'm like, does Griselda still work here? And they're like, oh, she's in the office down the hall. So I bring uh-huh. Jordan and I said, I need you to meet somebody. And so I bring her and we walk in and Griselda's there and she goes, oh my God, you're here. I'm listening to the Push podcast. (laughs) And literally she was listening to the Push podcast while at work. And she goes, I was thinking about you. Like I'm, you know, binge listening to all these episodes. I love the podcast. And I was just thinking like, when am I going to see her again? And you walked in. And so shout out to Griselda and any of you that listen to the Push podcast. I want to know, do you listen at work? Do you listen on your commute? Do you listen while you're at the gym? Where and when are you listening? And what do you want us to talk about? So she said she's going to send a message with some topics, but shout out to her. So let's get into today's episode, which um, is something along the lines of making permanent decisions based on temporary pain. Yeah. So a long time ago, I used to listen to this uh, motivational speaker um, and he said, um, can you outlast your old you to get to your new you? Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me because, you know, there's different parts of my life that I can look back and say, you know, there was a strive and there was a a challenge to get to a new version of myself. Um, But the hard thing was my old self was so demanding of me, right? Meaning... Like if I was, you know, whether I was playing video games all the time or or whatever the case may be, procrastinating, whatever it was, there was a version of myself that kept me from getting to the version I would like to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because I knew that the new version of myself would probably be more successful, a better father, a better husband. And so it was a quote that that really got to me. And then I saw this other quote um, by Ed Milet. It was very much the same type of sentiment where it's like, you know, you can go through the hardest things and if you can just outlast that part, if you can get past the temporary pain, you can get to a better place. But then I also think about how often we turn around because of the pain feels so great, but we think it's going to last forever. Yeah. And then we make a decision that lasts forever. So I love this topic because I think um, the way that I'm interpreting it is like I think of fitness. Mm-hmm. Most of the United States is out of shape, overweight, obese. Right. right. And I think about uh, when we've not been in our best shape, it's because we didn't want to go to the gym. We right. didn't want the temporary pain of the inconvenience of saying no to something else that seemed more enjoyable at the time. We didn't want the temporary pain of, you know, dedicating and being disciplined right. to something that we knew would give us better long term health. 
because it just doesn't seem fun. Right. Right. Doesn't seem enjoyable. I think about the fact that uh, when I was in junior college after high school, like it seemed better at the time to say, "Mm, I got this job offer for more money, so I'm going to quit college because I already didn't really like school. And so I just went all in on my career. So that temporary pain of staying consistent and doing something, you know, that will pay off long term. And sidebar on that, like Jasmine, our oldest daughter, just graduated from college a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Jasmine Copeland, who is a uh, has her bachelor's of science in um, political science. Yep. And I was so emotional that day because I was like, between you and I not finishing college, um, we've educated ourselves in different ways. And like I told Jasmine, like you literally have changed the trajectory of our family from an academic standpoint. And I, I couldn't be more proud that you stuck it out. And so temporary pain of, you know, the discipline of going to school and sticking with it for four years. She gets to brag about that and put that on resumes for the rest of her life now. And it's going to set her up to be more successful, I think, than than maybe we've been. I don't know. We're kind of competitive. So good luck chasing us. But um, and I think that also, too. So for people not to get lost in when we say pain, mm -hmm. um, another way you can say that is cost right? Like everything that you want to do that's great will cost you something, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And so that cost may be time. It may be money. Uh, maybe your peace of mind at the time. Uh, it, it may be, you know, your physical, physical comfort. Yeah. Like all those things are at risk when you want to do something special, unique, or different um, than what you currently do. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, finishing school <coughs> is, you know, requires a certain amount of cost. And for some people that it costs is a, is a lot of money. And I think that that cost can be viewed as an investment, mm-hmm. right? That then you have to do the work to do a, a, a to get the ROI on that, right? So you were just having a conversation with someone, and you were talking about like when we do coaching, when people show up is when they have to pay the most for the coaching, mm-hmm. right? When their investment is great, but it's also the hardest thing for people to make a decision on because they're like, "Well, oh, I don't want to spend this money." And you're like, and they, you know, I, uh, what will I get out of it? And then people automatically move to, well, what will the finished outcome? Well, okay, so what you're saying, just so people can have more context, is if you own a business and you have a free or low price point offer, the people you attract have very little invested. Right. It costs them 20 bucks or five bucks or something, then you don't value it. Right. But anything that you pay for, top dollar for, Now you bring expectations, you bring a notebook, you take notes, like you have a different um, outlook on the overall process because you've invested something. It has cost you something. You've got skin in the game. And so now you will show up as a different person. Right. And so, I mean, we've seen that with coaching on, you know, our end for ourselves, not just with our students and when they invest in us, but the very first coaching program that we invested in cost us more money than we had at the time. Right. But I was like, we need to go all in, not because I believe in this person, but because I believe if we push ourselves kind of to this brink, we will have to show up as different people. Yeah. Cause and th- we did. Yeah, because I think that risk calls upon that other version of you right. that needs to step up. And so I think <clears throat> that when you think about you know, working out, getting in shape. So if you're listening to this and there's some type of pinnacle in your life or achievement that you want, 
there has to be some type of down payment cost, right? Yeah. And some mm-hmm. type of cost yeah. that you've got to put down. It's like layaway. When yeah. you were a kid, you went to <laughs> Kmart. But the thing is about layaway is you used you used to you get it before. Oh no, you no, don't get it. Yeah, you don't you, get it until, until you pay it off, right? But it's some type of down payment, some type of cost you need to pay. Wait a second. In order to get that thing that you're trying to accomplish. But maybe that's what's wrong with our generation now is that there is no more layaway. You are buying it, making payments, you're in debt. So you get to enjoy it now. Mm. You get the microwave satisfaction now because it's fast, easy, and you can worry about it later. Right. Versus I remember, you know, we both grew up with not a ton of money. I remember going to Kmart and picking out all of these really cool clothes and stuff. And then, you know, my mom saying, okay, we're going to put it on layaway. I'm like, what does that mean? That means we don't get it right now. We have to make payments on it. So monthly we're making payments. And I don't know, six months, 12 months later, we get this stuff. And it's like, now you get to enjoy this. Right. We need to get more on. We need to be more on layaway plans than we are in debt nowadays. Mm. And it's funny because it's almost like you reverse the debt. Yeah. It's like, you know, that thing is out there. You have to work to get it, mm-hmm. right? And you have to show up consistently to make the payments uh, in order to get this, this benefit and this reward. And I think that you're right. I think that so, so much of what we want today seems so accessible, it's on so demand. quick, that the discomfort is just not part of the game. Right. And so this is why we start talking about mental health and it doesn't feel good and there's too much resistance around the feeling Um, And I think that today's conversation is about like that discomfort is the cost. It's the barrier to entry just to like be a part of whatever it is you're trying to do. And speaking of costs, like when we had the worst finances, we were not being diligent uh, or good stewards over our money, which is a form of like discipline, right? So, hey, we got to put the money aside so that way we can earn the right to invest or earn money to pay down debt or earn money for whatever it is we're working towards. Um, And without that discipline and without that cost, Mm -hmm. then you wind up staying in the same struggle. Yeah. And I think that that's the same thing when it comes to health. I think that when you have a particular fitness or health goal, the first thing that you, that most people think about is how inconvenient it is to exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how inconvenient it is to to eat healthy, and uh, we all we get that. I mean, uh, we understand. I think we all want good food. You want things to taste good. You want to be able to just chill. But no, I, did- I think we want because if we wanted good food, we would want good nourishing food for our bodies. I think we want the we want the social element of like I want to eat the good food that's bad for me. I that's me. Like mm-hmm. I want to eat the ice cream because I just want it. I want the cake and the cupcakes and all of the things um, because it feels good to not have discipline. And why right. do calories have to exist anyways? <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> why can't I eat pasta and garlic bread and then cheesecake every day? That well, doesn't you, make you, sense. You can. No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point is like, I want the things that I feel like are, are going to make me happy But those things, from my experience, you know, when you have no restriction, no discipline, you're the most unhappy when you do something like that for a year. Now you've packed on the pounds, you feel lethargic, you haven't gone to the gym because it didn't feel fun to go. So you chose the fun, which was 
sitting on the couch, watching, you know, Netflix, eating the cheesecake, the hot wings, all that stuff. Like, are you really going to feel great after a year of doing whatever it is that you want? Will that really bring you joy? And the answer is like, no. In those cases, I've never felt the best about myself during those times. Yeah, I mean... I think everybody wants to go, like go on that dream vacation and be in the best shape of their lives. Yeah. And and the thing is, is are they willing to pay the price and the cost to do that? It's funny that you say that because we were watching um, that um, kind of like a documentary type show of fit to fat to fit. Mm-hmm. And so the this is an old show. show, right? But this 2016. Yeah. These these trainers basically, you know, pack on 65 pounds. Uh, so that they can go on this fitness journey with their client mm-hmm. that has to lose a certain a significant amount of weight, and it's it's designed in a way where these these really fit people actually know what it feels like now to be overweight, mm-hmm. to feel the sluggishness of you know weight gain, yeah. um, the mental <clears throat> um, aspect of when you put on that kind of weight, how it impacts you, you your mood, your hormones. Uh, and you, you know, don't know if the won't, snapback will be there. Every one of them were like depressed. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So they went from being super fit, super healthy, working out all the time, eating really good, being rigorous in the gym, having discipline to all of a sudden, because they're in this challenge, they cannot work out. Right. They cannot go for walks. They cannot do anything active and they have to consume as many calories as possible because just like the clients trying to lose weight, they're trying to gain weight right. to hit a goal by a certain time. So it sounds absurd, but it was it was pretty funny and kind of cool because, you know, people who are overweight think that fit people will never understand. You'll never understand. And so that's the point of the show is like, well, I want to get fat with you. Right. So that way I do understand the struggle. And so in the beginning, all the trainers start you know eating all this stuff and they're like oh this is disgusting oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this to my body by the second week they're like not gonna lie this is really good like i see how this is addictive you know i'm going through the third drive-through for another mcdonald's run like these fries are delicious right and so they start becoming addicted to these bad foods and now they're sitting on the couch living this super sedentary life packing on the pounds and they, for a moment, started enjoying it. And then it gets really like they get lethargic. Their their sex life, you know, right. their relationships, the intimacy, everything starts to decline. They can't run with their kids. They can't be active. And so then they get to a state of depression. Right. And then before you know it, they've hit their peak goal. You know, okay, I finally weighed in being the heaviest I've ever been. And now we got to spend the next six to nine months getting healthy together. Right. And so they got to relearn how to like fitness, relearn how to um, see if they can snap their body back. And get right. Back to that regimen. So it's kind of a cool show. Um, what's called Fat Fit to Fat to, to fit. fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's something like that. Yeah. But I, I just think that, that I think it, it just gives people the, the the insight of the cost and the burden and the pain that people go through to try to change their life around when it comes to fitness. But I think when you think about like if we were to give you any type of answers of like, okay, well, how do you get through that temporary pain? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is I think is is you gotta recognize that it's temporary. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we've had business owners that want to hang up the towel because they're going through a tough time. And you have to ask them, like, if if the circumstances weren't not like they are today, 
and they were greener pastures, like things were great, would you still be energized by the business, right? And some and the answers are yes, I would yeah. be. And so you have to realize don't you you don't want to be making a a, a permanent decision based off of this temporary pain. Mm -hmm. But the key is to recognize that this is temporary, yeah. that this too shall pass and you will get to a better place if you stay the course. And it's not just in business. I think it's in a relationship. Like the very first year of our marriage was hard. It was difficult. Right. And it's like, yeah, I kind of want to throw in the towel on this one. Right. But then also like, what will we have to show for it? You know, right. Divorce and three kids and like all of that stuff. So I think understanding um, that the pain is temporary, the season's temporary, all seasons are temporary. Right. If you're in a season of, you know, abundance and everything's going great, I'm sorry to tell you, I don't wish bad on you, but it's a, it's a temporary season. Right. There's always ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Um, the next thing I'll say about trying to figure out how to uh, get through the temporary discomfort I think is my tip is like create a different relationship with the pain. I'm using mm -hmm. air quotes. <laughs> okay. Like you have to have a different relationship with pain, right? right? So pain or discomfort, right? So if I'm new to starting a business, um, someone told me today on a coaching call, she said, it's scary, but it can also, you know, sometimes it's exciting. Mm. And I said, well, things can be scary and exciting at the same time. Right. And so to me, both. that's creating a different relationship with pain, right? You're investing in something. Yes, it's risky. Yeah, you could lose everything. But it also is super exciting to bet on yourself. It's also super exciting to be in a moment of challenge. And if you're lucky, like this might be the only time that you ever get to do this. So you can be in a state of discomfort, but you can also find joy in that process, kind of going back to golf, mm. right? Yeah. So I think I like your that. relationship with how you're viewing things greatly determines whether you're going to make it through or not. Yeah. And I think that we used to use this term a lot, like gamify it. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think that when you're going through tough things, <clears throat> another point that I would make is, is, is make it a game, like find the sport in it. And I think that that thing, that's what serves me the most <laughs> is because I'm a, a person that's athletic. I've always had athletics has been in part of my life playing sports. And so applying that mentality to business life relationships mm -hmm. of like, you are going to win games, you're going yeah. to lose games. Mm -hmm. Showing up every day is part of the journey. But understanding that this is part of it, like the ebbs and flows of life is part of life. Right. right? And so there's an expectation to your point that the good times will end, the, the bad times will end as well. But the one thing that's permanent is your outlook on it all, mm -hmm. right? Your understanding of this is a moment, right? Yeah. This, is, this, is, this moment will come back again. How do I find the joy? How do I find the beautiful moments in it? How do I find the learnings in it that I can use and, and push forward, but to not fall victim to the circumstance and make this a, a, a permanent thing in my mind? Because there are certain people in this world right now, there are people listening to this podcast right now that dealt with something that had a bad thing happen mm -hmm. and they made it last forever. Yeah. Right. And instead of it being something, and it didn't truly last forever. It didn't truly last forever. It now lives in their imagination as this palpable thing that now impacts everything they do in this mm -hmm. world. It's actually how they now identify themselves mm -hmm. in the world is by this particular moment. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That got real deep for a second. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about all of the things that I've kind of, 
gone through, whether it be in childhood or just, you know, earlier in my life where I don't want the title of that thing because that doesn't define me. So the thing happened. How can I make it happen for me? How can I use it more as a superpower versus, you know, a childhood trauma or something that's going to be a label that I wear that will stifle me? Instead, I want it to catapult me. Yeah. Um, And I think that that may be even another conversation that we can have, right? Do your traumas have to be your identity? mm -hmm. Because I think we're in the trauma economy right now where (laughs) our traumas have now been front and center and we put them out there. And part of it is, I think, is a recognizing that traumas are real. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. But also part of it has gone a little too far where it now it is to your point is now my identity right. instead of it being something that I, that helped shape me, but it is not me. Like I don't want to wear something that was negative as a badge of honor. Right. Like, I, d- I don't want the title. I'd rather just like kind of move through it and heal through it and get therapy or whatever it is in order to learn from that, make me better and then move on. Right. But um, you said something that I don't want to lose cause it's kind of funny, but the other night we were on a college, um, like a college Zoom with a bunch of parents who are getting ready to have their kids start their senior year of high school. And so they asked Jordan and I to be panelists and to kind of share. And so I asked Jordan, like, do you want to get on this call with me? And she goes, oh, they're in for it. Like, it's going to be so hard, mom. Like, do you remember all the stuff I was juggling and this and that, all the breakdowns and this and that? And I was like, yeah. I said, but we don't have to scare them. She said, oh, no, it's their rite of passage. Like, (laughs) they have to go through this. And I thought it was such a great point because it's true. And when we got on the call, I shared that. I said, you know, I know it seems like a lot, and it is, and it's going to be challenging. But I will say that your kid will get through. They will survive. They will survive all the college apps. and, And they're doing all this stuff in addition to their regular schoolwork. Um, and so there were some parents on there that were saying like, oh, you know, well, you should be the administrative assistant and manage all the kids emails. And I'm like, nah, right. that was the first time in my kid's life she actually cared about checking email. Right. Right. That made her mature enough to make me feel comfortable with her living in another country and now managing her own email account or her own bank account or things like that. And so that's great. I think the point of that is like the rite of passage. There are certain things in life that are going to be uh, not easy. They will come with a lot of discomfort, but you're going to survive. You'll figure it out and just think about how glorious it'll be when you get through. So she's over here gloating about like, oh, yeah, I did that. Like I went through. And I remember at the time telling her. This is the only time in life you'll ever have to focus on getting through college. Mm. This is the only time you'll ever get to do this. So you can do it and fall apart or we can try to find some humor and joy in this. And she's like, "Okay, you're right. And would go back to the drawing board. So super proud that she made it through that. But the next question I would say is. Well, you made me think about something before you get to that question. Like I think about the fact that every treasure in this world is guarded. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've been trying to get you guys to watch, come come to the movies and watch the Indiana Jones. Nah. But you won't. Whatever. I'll go by myself. It doesn't matter. I don't want you to go to the movies by yourself. <laughs> That's OK. I, I, I'll I'm suck fine. it up. I'm, I'm your good. wife. But it, it's interesting because on Indiana Jones, <laughs> everything is about him just finding something that he's trying to discover. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the new movie is about, but mm-hmm. every movie that has been that and and everywhere he goes. There are obstacles and, and there are things that show you that this treasure that you're trying to find, mm-hmm. this holy grail, whatever it may be, is heavily guarded. Right. 
And I think that that is life. Like mm-hmm. everything that you truly want is guarded. Yeah. There's, there's trap doors. There's, you discomfort. know, discomfort. There's deception. Scariness. There's all these things. Bad guys. But the cool thing is that you go <laughs> to the movie because you want to see how the mm. hero is going to overcome it. Mm. Right. But you, you go don't want to be the, the movie. hero in your own journey. <laughs> right. But you're, you're taking away your ability to be the, mm. ho- the hero in your own journey because you don't want to go through the adventure, even though you love watching the mm. hero. Nobody wants to watch a movie where that just begins and ends. He got it. He won the girl. He oh, got he the treasure. Quit. He got no, yeah, he quit. He quit. He went home. Right? No. So I think your story, if you're listening to this, like like <clears throat> it's your movie. Yeah. It's like this this another way for you to, to say, hey, this is how I'm gonna get through the pain. This That's is good. my hero's journey, and I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna capture the, the treasure, and it's gonna be a fun experience. I like how thing. you pulled it through that yeah. uh, Indiana Jones yeah. plug dun, there. Dun, 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 okay, stop. I think the question that I would ask the listeners is, do you always choose easy? And if you find yourself always choosing easy, then you know that there's gonna be some consequences that come with that, right? So easy comes in the form of avoidance. I'm in this relationship. We don't really communicate that well. I don't know what he wants out of it. He doesn't know what I want out of it. I'm just going to avoid it. That's easy to do. Very easy. And then what happens? It costs you 10 years of your life. It costs you the fact that you might have missed out on all these amazing opportunities with other people. Right. right? Um, Easy comes in the form of not pursuing your dreams. I'm afraid to open the business because what if it fails? Well, it could. But what if it would have been your million dollar idea? Easy comes in the form of not signing up for the class because you're scared. You know, I don't want to take the golf lesson because I'm not good. Yeah, but you're not supposed to be good. You're new. That's why you need a class, <laughs> right, right? Right. Easy comes in the form of, um, you know, choosing the thing that feels really good, even though you know it's the thing that's going to make you feel the worst. Yeah. So eating the bonbons and watching the TV every night and not going to the gym. And so just, you know, to ask the audience Easy is never being embarrassed. Yeah. Avoiding dis- embarrassment. Yeah. You got to find the humor in, uh, you know, the things that you suck at or, you know, things that don't feel good. And sometimes that's embarrassing. Because I remember telling you, like, when you're playing golf, you're like, I don't want to play with someone that's nerve wracking because I'm not good. Yeah. And I'm like, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Like at some point you're going to play with someone and you're going to feel embarrassed because yeah, but I would rather do I, it with more confidence under my belt. A hundred percent. But even still, like I as get you, where you're, going you're, with you're, it, yeah. you're getting really good. I have played for a while. I I can play solid, and then sometimes my whole game can fall apart. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, it's helpful though to watch your game right. fall apart, right? <laughs> and then and then like people see my size, and I go, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna hit it really hard." Uh-huh. And then like my, my first drive goes, you know, ten feet. Right. And then they're going. Oh, want, 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 right? right? And so, but so you, it's intimidating for you, is what? No, you're but I'm just saying, it's like, like <clears throat> being really great at something is unavoidable. You're going to embarrass yourself. Yeah, you're going to have a day that you go, wow, every I sucked and everybody saw it. But I think embarrassment is one of those like titles that you don't have to wear it. Like it you is don't. what you make of it, right? Yeah, and I, and like I don't get embarrassed easy, but I'm just saying, no. like, it most people do. Right. And yeah. so and it's OK. I would just challenge you if you're embarrassed of something, then again, you had misplaced expectations. Right. But yesterday we we're at the golf course and Jordan was like, ah, what if I don't hit it? I go, baby, you're not going to hit it perfect. It's right. OK. Right. And then you didn't hit it perfectly. And behind your back, I was like, see, 
See, your dad's a good golfer, but he doesn't hit the ball straight every single time. That should make you feel good about yourself. And she's like, you know, you're right. Right. So just have fun, you know? And so it's just almost like stop trying to protect yourself image. Like, you know, this whatever you're trying to create that's perfect, it ain't. Yeah. So just go with it. Yep. So that's all we got. Be humble. Yeah. Be humble. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, so yeah, I hope that this episode was helpful, insightful. I think we shared a lot. I think that a discomfort, you know, you got to ask yourself, am I choosing the easy path for a lot of things that you're doing? And I'll just tell you when we chose the easy path, we were broke. We were out of shape. Uh, our marriage wasn't in the best, best position. And we were stuck in jobs that we didn't necessarily love. Right. So we're speaking from experience, not standing on a soapbox, but basically saying like, you know, on the other side of easy is all of the things you know that your life should be calling you towards. It's calling you towards being on a budget, being more disciplined around your food, your eating habits, how you take care of your body, how you move your body. Um, It's calling you to be more disciplined around the relationships that you say matter. Like, what are you doing to feed those relationships and to nourish those relationships? Um, what are you doing to get better at things yeah. in life that you that you think you hate right now? Right. What what risks are you willing to take? Yep. Right. The the risk of embarrassment, the risk of the cost, the the risk of, um, you know, disrupting your comfort or your harmony. Like those are things I think you have to put on, uh, on front and center, and you got to say I'm willing to to put these things out there and, and risk it all to to do something really great. And I think that when you're met with temporary pain, recognize it as temporary pain. And don't make a a permanent decision based off of the discomfort that you have there. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be huge for people. And, and, you know, I hope this episode serves you. Yep. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Always push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.